0: The Lord.
1: greetings. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. He'll agree with that. Amen. Let's uh, put this in C. And uh, we're going to do an old tune called The Wings of a Dove.
0: Well, Noah had drifted on the floods many days. He searched for land in bed. And troubles he had some. But not from above. God gave him his sign On the wings of a dove. Sing it with me. On the wings of a snow white dove. God sends his pure. A sign from above on the wings of a dove. Well, Jesus, our Savior, came to earth one day. He was born in a stable, in a manger. And though here rejected But not from above God gave us His sign On the wings of a dove On the wings of a snow-white dove God sends His pure love, a sign from above on the wings of a dove, well, though I have suffered in many a way, I cried out for healing both night and by day. But faith wasn't forgotten. Praise the Lord. By the Father above, He gave me His sign. Oh, yes. On the wings of a dove. On the wings of a snow-white dove. God sends His you're sweet love, a sign from above, on the wings of a dove. Let's do blessed assurance. Well, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Purchase of God. Born of His Spirit. Washed in His blood. Well, this is my story. This is my song. Say. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. Lift your hands and sing it to Jesus. This is my story. my song praise me I say
1: Amen. So good to be here with you. I love this Wednesday night. A lot of folks are out tonight. Just to keep everybody in prayer as they're traveling, maybe visiting family and um, <coughs> enjoying one another's company as we uh, approach the new year. And a lot of people I know use this time as the time of reflection about the year that was passed. And I know it's been a hard one for many of us. And so uh, our prayers have gone out many times for those who have Lost loved ones in the epidemic, the pandemic that's going on, and um, it's just—it's been a hard year in many ways. But um, I want the new year to find me not necessarily being a better person and losing weight, but uh, just I want I want to be be found working for Jesus. I want to be found um, uh, doing my Father's bidding as I eagerly, eagerly await His returning, and I pray it'll happen in, if not in 2020, 2021. So. Uh, we're just constantly awaiting and longing for and groaning for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's sing uh, the little song uh, No Turning Back. I have decided to
0: follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Well, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning Take this whole world and give me Jesus. Well, take this whole world and give me Jesus. You can take this whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back. And rejected a great thing to be a Christian. I won't turn back. I won't turn back. Back to verse one. I have decided,
1: Brother Jeremy. Come on up. Let us in the prayer. I have
0: decided to follow Jesus. I have No turning back. No
1: back. the Jeremy lead us to the Lord in prayer. I don't see any requests up here on the on the um, platform, but God knows our
2: needs. Amen. Let's just go to Him, Heavenly Father. We just counted a privilege, Lord, once again to have this opportunity to gather together, Lord with our brothers and sisters, Lord, to worship and give thanks to you, Father. Lord, I'm so thankful that through the hard times and the difficulties, Lord, we have you to turn to. Lord, that you bring a comfort and a peace that simply can't be found in this world, Lord. And I'm so thankful for that, Father, for the grace that you've showed us in our lives. thankful, Lord, that we can turn to you Lord, as we come before your throne of grace this evening, I pray, God, that you would hear the petitions of our heart, Lord, through the blood of Christ. Father, we just ask that, Lord, nothing would uh, hinder the moving of your spirit this evening. and We invite you to come and be with us, Lord, and just dwell a little while with us, Lord, while we worship you. I pray that you would Use the musicians, Lord, and the the song leader, Father, to, Lord, just uh, bring us into that channel of worship where you are, Father. We love to sing your praises, Lord, and we just count it such an honor, Lord, when you come by. Father, as we prepare for the word to, to come, Lord, I ask that you would just move on our pastor's heart this evening, Father, and give him wisdom, Father, and discernment, Father, of your spirit. Father, we just ask that you would open the word once more to our hearts this evening. And Father, we just give this evening to you and ask God also that you would just be with those that can't be here tonight, Lord, those that are sick, Lord, those that are traveling, Lord, those that are struggling, Lord, uh, we just ask, Lord God, that you would just once more extend your hand of mercy and grace to them, Father. We give all these things to you in this evening, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
1: Thank you, Brother Jeremy. Let's pick up the speed a little bit. Same key. And do at Calvary.
0: Well, years I spent in vanity and pride. Caring not my Lord was i uh-huh.
1: And as she's coming up, let's just sing a little bit of that chorus, um, burn, burn, Holy Spirit.
0: Well, burn, burn, Holy Spirit, burn in me. Set my the power that
3: before the world began, born to suffer, born to save, born to overcome the grave, Christ the everlasting Lord.
1: Thank you, Sister Lorian. As our pastor gets ready to come, let's, uh, let's stand again and sing a few stanzas of Joy to the World as we look forward to the first of our year.
0: Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let her Thank you
4: You see?
5: Take your Bible, if you will. I want you to look in one scripture here. It's not our text, but I want to look in this scripture here before we pray uh, tonight. We welcome all of you here uh, this evening and appreciate you making the effort to come uh, tonight on this uh, eve before New Year's Eve. And appreciate you being here. We're going to go to Psalm 34. We'd like to read just a little passage there uh, tonight. Psalm 34. And we'll begin reading at verse 14. I just wanted to get a little context here. Depart from evil, David writes, and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. I think that's really great. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. He didn't say that the eyes of the Lord are upon those that never made any mistakes today. But he said that they're over the righteous. In verse 18. And the Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart. And saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Heavenly Father. As we bow in your presence tonight, we bind all of these many, many requests together, Lord, and present them to you in faith, trusting and believing, Lord, that you're a God who's never overwhelmed by the length of our list. You're never overwhelmed by the frequency of our petitions. But, Lord, you're a God who is nigh unto them that call upon you. We just read, Lord, that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Father, we claim no righteousness within ourselves because, Lord, we know we could never be that in our human condition. But, Lord, we know through the blood of Jesus Christ, when you look at us, you see a sinlessness and a perfection. Maybe the world never would understand, but, Lord, we, we at least appreciate and thank you, Lord, for that sacrifice that made that possible. Lord, may you just incline your ear now to our cry and our petitions tonight. And there are many. Father, there are many who are hurting, many who are going through some difficult battles, walking through deep valleys. But, Lord, you know them all, and you always have an answer. You always have a bright day somewhere ahead. and We're counting on that. Have your way, Lord, we pray. Bless the service tonight. Meet every need we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we ask amen and amen. you may be seated uh, this evening. Thank you let's uh, let me just give you this list here all right as we uh, as we begin, and uh, I appreciate uh, Our musicians, Brother John, stepping in there tonight to help out. We have a number of folks that are away. Uh, The uh, the, the Buchanan family are away. Um, Sister Lily Harwell is away. Christy Williams, we want to remember her, is going through a difficult time. Brother Matt Cross and his family are in Michigan. Brother Jaron and uh, his family are not here tonight. Brother Jaron had a wiring problem develop in his pump. And uh, so they had no water in their house. Brother Brian McCall is traveling tonight. Uh, brother Roger Clayville is still in ICU. And we want to remember him in prayer that the Lord will give him a quick recovery and get him out of there. Uh, Sister Sarah Vasaki is still away. Good to have the Morgliers back. Good to have Sister Karen back. And uh, David's back to work. I want to remember Sister April Grant. Uh, she's with her family and uh, just taking a little time together. It's just amazing. Uh, I know you think the restrictions are tight here, but while her, Sister April's family was here uh, visiting with her, uh, they changed the restrictions going back into Canada, and uh, so now it's even it's even tighter than what it was when they left a couple of weeks or a week or so ago. Uh, we want to remember Sister Chanel uh, was not uh, feeling well tonight, and. Um, We also want to welcome back uh, Peter and Rachel. They're not here in the building tonight, but they're back in town and listening tonight, and uh, welcome them back from Arizona. Brother Tom, Sister Kim are still out there for a couple more days. We want to remember Sister Anna Pritchard. And uh, of course, we want to remember the folks that are struggling directly with the viruses, the the Stevenses, the Whitlocks, and the McCafferty's. Uh, Visited all of them on Sunday and let me tell you, they just uh, really need a touch on the Lord, and they really do appreciate the help, the food, everything else that's been given uh, over the last little while. Also as well, uh, Sister Frida is very faithful to give me an update on Sister Greg every day, and uh, she's in hospice uh, care at her home, and uh, uh, they've been um, comforting her and, and looking after her needs and so forth, but... Uh, i just i just would really uh, invite you to as well just to keep sister greg in prayer and uh, she's she's just a special person uh, to all of us and i know that uh, she's ready to go and um, we just want to commit her into god's hands and just pray that his will would be done uh, god's uh, helped sister greg many many ways over many many years and uh, so we just would trust that he would continue to do that so there's many needs many requests that we have tonight now Uh, Take your Bible again. If you have it still open there in Psalm 34, go back one chapter to Psalm 33. And um, this is our, um, in a sense, it's our uh, New Year's Eve service. I left it on Wednesday night because sometimes uh, on the 31st people get together. And uh, we'll be having our regular service on Sunday. And we'll have a little uh, communion at the end of the service. I realize that... um, Communion is meant to be in the evening. Brother Bram talked about that, uh, but where we're only having one service in the day, uh, I, I will I will take whatever we can get, and to have just the the communion and wine uh, is uh, something we can do and we can do safely, and so. I thought it would be nice for us to do that at the end of the service on Sunday like we did a couple of months ago to bring in the new year. And and, uh, as Brother John said, you know, you you become reflective and you become a little pensive when you start to think about the year that's passed. And every one of us have a lot to think about over this last year. As a matter of fact, a lot of us probably really don't want to even think about uh, last year and uh, the uncertainties and the, uh, the experiences that we've had. Uh, it's been unique for sure. You've lived through a time that most people uh, in the last 100 years or so have not lived through since 1918. And uh, so it's, it's been a, a real experience for us. But we're here, and uh, we have no idea what's in store uh, for tomorrow. We have no idea what's in store for the upcoming year. Uh, we just believe that God's mercies are new every day, and we're going to trust him for that. And uh, the best thing we can do is, like I said before many and said many times, we just want to stay focused, want to stay alert, want to stay in step with God and in tune with the Holy Spirit and what he has for us uh, to learn and grow and apply what we learn and uh, uh, just keep moving forward. That's about the very best thing we can do in these times. It's not your job uh, to make everything right in the world. It's not your job to straighten out or untie all the knots that exist. It's not your job even to be able to make a sensible prediction about where things are going to go and where you're going to be a year from now. None of us thought we'd be here, but uh, we are uh, here by the grace of God, and I believe next year we'll be able to say the same thing. If we're still here, uh, we'll be here by the grace of God and uh, standing for truth and standing in the light and uh, walking in harmony with God, and that's a great thing. And that should be your prayer. Lord, help me to do it. So I thought uh, tonight, just in a very simple way uh, of of, uh, studying the scripture, that we just take a real simple subject here and talk a little bit about our shield. And this is uh, from the scripture which deals with the name of the Lord Jehovah Nissi. And uh, I I didn't uh, intend to do this. I I didn't know that my screen would be like this. But when it, you talk about uncertainty and unstable times, you know, I thought, wow, this is this is really fitting. This is really good. So um, we'll look in Psalm 33 if you don't mind. We'll just read a couple of scriptures there. And I, wa- I wanted to read just one verse, which is verse 20. But I want you to back up just for a little bit here in the verse 13 as well. This is the way God looks at things. And we look at things, at, as I said, at the end of a year and we look at things, uh, you know, with maybe expectation for the upcoming year, but we really have no idea what things are going to be like. This is the way God looks at it. In Verse 13, The Lord looketh from heaven, and he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. So there's nothing hidden from God. He sees it all, right? He knows it all. He sees it all. There's no surprises to God. The only surprise my, from my part, my perspective, is why doesn't he shut it down? Why doesn't he just close the door and just say, Look, let's get the bride in, and let's just wrap this up and go home. I mean, I don't know why he doesn't do that, but, but I'm not in control. But anyway, God sees it all, he knows it all. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. This is what men put their trust in. This is what men put their hope in. A strong horse, a strong army, big army, or a lot of riches, or a lot of power, whatever else. And there's no king that's saved by the multitude of a host. There have been great kings with great armies who have gone down, just like small kings with small armies. A horse is a vain thing for you to put uh, to, to trust for safety. And that's what God is trying to say. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, and upon them that hope in his mercy. That's who God looks at. With compassion and with mercy. In 19. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. I want you to read that verse with me. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Read it again. Because some of you didn't think I really meant that. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and and our shield for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name let thy mercy o lord be upon us according as we hope in thee according as we hope in thee let your mercy be upon us now let me i'm just i'm just going to keep this real simple because i want to end this service today uh with a word of prayer where all of us can pray and just ask god's blessing upon uh, our our future here as we uh, move forward. But I wanted to give you just a little lesson and we'll just see how far we can take this tonight. In Shalom, Brother Branham says now, Shalom and God's peace be light upon you. Face the new year with this, as David said. This is the way you should face the year. I'll put him always before me. I'll set the Lord before me because he is on my right hand. I shall not be moved. And if you meet death this year, what difference does it make? God promised he would raise you up. You have eternal life. What if anything happens? No matter what it is, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ. Going forward, to me, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, Brother John talked tonight about, you know, our moving into the new year and uh, not losing weight. I, I, I'd like to be on the other side of that and... Uh, I would like to do whatever I could to be a a little better physically in the the new year. But, uh, of course, our priority is is, uh, spiritually. Uh, as we move into this new year. And here's the way Brother Branham looked at it. And now, Shalom was a very important message, a very important uh, series of sermons that he did. He preached it two or three times in 1964. And it was like Brother Branham was looking at a change in his ministry and a change in the way people were responding to it. He knew that once the seals were opened, the mysteries were revealed, there were end-time events now that were loosed and going to unfold and happen in a way that no other age had ever seen. This was new. This was different. And he knew that. But he also knew, too, that people were not accepting that. They were not really, you know, interested in what the opening of the seal, the opening of the word brought. They were not all that interested in the open book. Because now the things that had been sealed up through the ages were now unraveled, properly placed, and correctly interpreted with divine vindication. Do you believe that? I mean, this is a great thing for Brother Branham. And, and uh, you know, he was seeing that. And in, in Shalom, he talked about this dawning of a new day and how that, uh, you know, we were breaking into a, a dimension, if you like, a dimension of understanding and a dimension of our spiritual walk with God and a dimension where we were able to become closer to the kingdom all the time, walking like Enoch, you know, this is kind of the way he described it. And, and I love the way he says this, that as we meet this new year, and he says this several times. He said, it doesn't matter what difference does it make if we face death. He said, God, God's going to raise you up. What if anything happens? Anything happens is pretty broad. It includes just about everything. No matter what it is, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ. Churches go squirrely. Ministers go squirrely. People go squirrely. Situations go squirrely. Economies go squirrely. Right? Yeah. Lots of things in the world change, and some of it is for good. A lot of it is not good. But yet, let me tell you something, Brother Branham's given us an anchor here. He said, no matter what happens, nothing in this world, no event or circumstance can change or separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. So if that's true, then we should be able to proceed without fear. Right? We should be able to proceed into the new year without fear. It's an easy thing to fear. It's an easy thing in our world today to fear. It surely is. Now, in Genesis chapter 15... Uh, God speaks here and describes this circumstance with Abraham. Genesis chapter 15. If you don't mind, take your Bible. I'd like to go back and just look at it here because he says, after these things. What things? Let's look. Genesis chapter 15. I'm going to keep this very simple. Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, and he said, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. What things is he talking about? You go back one chapter into 14, and you can read it, and it begins like this. And it came to pass in the days of uh, Amraphel, the king of Shinar, and Ariak, the king of Elisar, and Chedliomar, the king of Elam, and Tidal, the king of nations, what a name, uh, that those made that these made war with Bera, the king of S- uh, Sodom, and so forth. And this is when the kings attacked into the valley where Lot lived, and they stole Lot and many of the people, many of the goods and possessions uh, that were there in the in the valley where uh, Lot lived, in the valley of Sodom. And this was a prized area. You remember so- uh, Lot chose that area because of its of its beauty and its greenness and. All the prosperity that was there. Abraham heard about the capture of Lot. He he takes his armed servants and he goes off and he uh, rescues Lot and brings them back. And he meets uh, Melchizedek. And this, this part of the story begins in 17 uh, where Abraham comes out and he gives tithes of all the spoil uh, to Melchizedek. And he says, I'm not here to take any of that. He says, I I, I vowed I have not taken any of those things. So, uh, you know, Abraham's just uh, ceding all of this to God. He's just giving it all uh, to Melchizedek, and he just leaves it right there. Melchizedek speaks to him in, in uh, in a few of these passages here, and leaves it with him. Uh, and leaves and goes on to his own. After Abraham goes, after Abram goes up unto his own, up back up unto the mountain again. It says in chapter fifteen. And these things, after these things, the word of the Lord uh, came unto Abram. In other words, in other words, Abram, I've made you certain promises, and I have said things, and I'm going to say things about you and Sarah, and I'm going to perform certain things here through you and in the same way that I helped you in this battle and helped you to recover lot I'm going to do things that are exceedingly uh, extraordinary they're exceedingly wonderful as as you move forward in life and he says fear not Abraham I am thy shield and I am thy exceeding great reward I'm going to be the one that stands between you and your enemies I'm going to stand and help you to deflect everything that uh, is not meant to harm you over that time. I will bring to pass everything that I have promised, and you will not fall short of anything that I have said. And he goes on, and he says in in verse 2, Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast just given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Lord, you're making promises about a progeny, about a seed line here, about a family that's coming. And he says, I don't have any children. So you know Sarah can't have any children. And this is what he says in 4. Everybody take note. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And God promises Abraham that there are already decisions made about children not yet born. There are children coming, Abraham, that you don't know about. There are children coming to you and Sarah that you don't know yet. And the destiny of those children is already determined. God's already made decisions because how many believe God knows the future? And God's got a son in mind that Abraham is not expecting because he and he just reiterates this fact that me and Sarah have never had children. We don't have an heir. We don't have a legitimate heir. All we have is this servant here. God says, hey, don't worry. You don't know your future, I know your future, and you're not going to come short of anything I've made a promise through you about, because I've already made decisions about the children that you haven't even had yet. And I'm going to take care of it, and you're not going to come short of anything at all. The thing you need not do is fear, because it's going to come to pass, because it is my word, and I have said it. Read verse 5 with me if you don't mind. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, and even if thou, if thou shalt be able to number them, and he said unto them, So shall thy seed be. And he, Aram, believed in the Lord, and he, God, counted to him for righteousness. Do you get that? And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord, and God counted it unto him for righteousness. So God took that faith expression from Abraham and deposited it into Abraham's account, and it was stored there as his righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit. And he said, Lord God, uh, whereby shall I know that uh, I shall inherit it? And onward down goes the conversation. So in other words, uh, Abraham, uh, he hears that, and he, and he hears God's promise and he knows that God's going to be his shield and God's going to be his strength and God's going to be his provider. And Abraham's at an age where he knows God's got to do this because he can't do it himself. He knows that Sarah can't do it, so God's going to have to intervene. This is going to have to be a work of God. And when Abraham stands back and looks at it all about the promises that are made about him, he simply says, I believe it. I don't understand it. I don't know how it's going to come to pass. And I don't know where it's going to take us. But you know what? I believed it. And as soon as he said that, God took that statement and put it in the bank under Abraham's account number. And he had a deposit made in the bank of righteousness. Let me tell you something. We ought to view the promises the same way. Is this simple enough? We ought to view the promises the same way. That if God said them, he's the one who already knows the future even before we get to it. He knows what lays ahead even before we experience it. And you should just believe that when it comes to the promises of God, you ought to say in your heart, I believe it, and let God take that expression of your faith and deposit it into your account, because it's by faith we're going to uh, move forward, and it's by faith we're going to leave here. Somebody say, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be a Christian. So that's exactly what, uh, what the idea is, is that God is saying, Abraham, my eye is upon you. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be between you and this world. I'm going to watch over you. Now, here's the way that, uh, Brother Banham describes this. You've heard this many times. Just bear with me. Jehovah Jireh is one of the seven compound redemptive names of God. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who healeth all our diseases. He's Jehovah Manasseh, Jehovah our buckler and our shield and our peace, Jehovah Shalom. All of these. And these compound redemptive names are a part of God. Or in other words, they reflect a part of God. And God is represented in those names. The whole plan of redemption lays in those names. So, for instance, when it comes to your salvation, if you're not saved here tonight, uh, He is still a Savior. He provides the remedy for sin. How many believe that? He, he provides a sacrifice. He provides an offering that you couldn't offer, that you couldn't make yourself. He provides that, that you might have peace with God. So he is Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's our, our shield. And you know what? If the enemy gets past our shield, or you lay your shield down and the enemy takes a strike at you, you know what? He's Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He is all of these things, and this is what Brother Branham said, that these names, in a sense, they combine together to describe God, or the attributes of God, and the attributes of God are very important. Now, you've heard the phrase, seven redemptive compound names of God. Let's just break it down a little bit. I, I found these today. These are compound words. Uh, crosswalk, or sunflower, or moonlight. Those are compound words. Everybody with me? That's not hard, right? It doesn't get hard. Peanut butter is also a compound word that's not... They're not connected. Okay? First aid, web page, they're all compound words because they only make sense when you put them together. Right? I mean, if you took first and aid and didn't put them together, you'd have two very completely different meanings, right? Hey, I was first in line. (laughs) We waited so long in the sun, I needed some aid. There the, the meanings, you know, the context is everything here, right? So compound means that they, they go together. There's two words, and they could mean different things. When you put them together, they mean something. A crosswalk is a very specific thing, just like peanut butter is a very specific thing. There are some things that are connected by hyphens, like mass production, or high-tech, or deep-fried, right? All those southerners said... Amen. So compound words means that there are two things that go together naturally and go together to make a thought, to make an idea, that if you took them apart, they wouldn't necessarily mean the same thing. And redemptive means someone who acts to save someone from error or evil. When we say that there's been a redemptive act done, it means that someone has moved Toward you or moved on your behalf to save you or to rescue you from error or evil. So let's put this together. Brother Branham's telling the story here a couple of months after the fact about this picture that was taken in Houston, 1950. And uh, Brother Branham was in the, in the, he tells the story and you, you're, you're probably familiar with it and how he was up in the balcony. Didn't want to debate and with the Baptist minister, but Dr. Bosworth said, I'd love to have a, a shot at this. And so uh, they were debating on the platform, and he, they were saying things about Brother Branham. So finally, uh, they invited Brother Branham to come down if he was there. And uh, the Holy Spirit nudged him to go down on the platform, of course. And when he stood there behind the pulpit and made the few comments that he did, then the pillar of fire showed up, and they took that picture, uh, which was examined by Lacey. And uh, Brother Banham said, now, there was many thousands of people that were gathered there that night and packed the big place in, and, and I got up in the third balcony, and Mr. Bosworth said, I'll just ask Mr. Best one question. Was or were the redemptive names of Jehovah applied to Christ? He said, if you just answer that one question for me. And that's that's where it stopped right there, as soon as he asked them that question. Because if the redemptive names uh, that we just described were not applied to Christ, then who were they applied to? Right? And so, this, this man, Mr. Best, is trying to prove the Trinity, and, and, uh, uh, Dr. Bosworth is, uh, making the statement here, well, uh, you know, all of these apply to Christ, and so forth, all, therefore, all of, all that God was in the Old Testament, he poured into Christ, and so forth, which Brother Branham later developed in his, uh, teaching. He said he was Jehovah Rapha, he was Jehovah Manasseh, and if he wasn't then, we look for another Savior. So this absolutely was true, and and Dr. Best could not uh, argue with that point, because if if God, who had identified himself in the Old Testament, was not all of this, then who was he? And so therefore, Jesus then did not have the qualities of uh, Jehovah Rapha, the healer, or Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace, and, and so forth. Uh, he didn't have any of that. He, he would have been some other different entity altogether. And so that's how the debate ended right there. So this is something that Brother Branham hung on to. Here are all the names that compound redemptive names. Compound meaning, you put the two of them together and they have a special meaning. So Je- first one, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our healer. And here are some scriptures that are related to that. You can look these up later on if you want to uh, take a look at them. But the one that we are focusing on tonight is the second one, the Lord our banner. And he is our shield or our banner or our buckler. Those are all elements of defensive armor that somebody would wear. All right? So these are the seven that describe the nature and the character of God. Everybody with me? Okay. So again, Brother Branham said now God has those compound redemptive names. And he said, and all these names are inseparable. In other words, you can't separate them from God because they're part of God's nature. That's That's what he's referring to. He said, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide, and the Lord heals all of our diseases. That's who God is. These these redemptive elements here, and the one who rescues us from evil or death, he is the one that has all these capabilities or these qualities that lay within him. I'm leading myself to a question. The greatest thing, Brother Branham said then, that I find, this is Israel and the church, the greatest thing that I find against the church tonight, this is the nominal church now, everybody calls themselves a church goer, everybody's scared to death about something, what are you scared about? Now, I said it tonight already. It's an easy age or an easy time to be fearful of the future. In our humanness, when you look at things, and I often think about this. I think about the poor people that don't know God. The poor people that have never been saved. And the poor people that have no knowledge of the message or the truth or end time events or anything else. They have no, they have no uh, appreciation or respect for the Bible. Often think about them and, you know, what it is that they're facing when, uh, you know, people say this is out of control and this is going to happen and this is going and we get a, a virus and then something else pops up and so on. Uh, let me tell you, uh, and I, just as a, just as a note in the scripture in Luke chapter, uh, or sorry, Matthew 24, when the disciples asked Jesus about what's going to happen over this time until the end comes, he said there will be pestilences, plural. He says they will come. It will come through the ages, and they have, and it will continue to come through time. But you can see how uh, devastating it is now because we live in a world that's so globally connected so quickly. And so the consequences are greater in this time. So anyway... Here's what Brother Branham says. What are you scared about? If a man's born again, he should be happy and carefree, just like those fellows singing up there and the brother testifying back there. He said, just, just free. There ain't nothing can harm you. Nothing present. Nothing future. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ. God has promised. Now, if we take that and we stop there, we think, Wow, huh? Then I should feel bad for feeling bad, because everything is rosy and red, and everything is happy and carefree. But what about when the enemy comes in like a flood? What about when the enemy strikes and strikes hard? And I'd like to ask a couple of questions here, and then give you a couple of examples here, just so we can look at it. Not that I'm trying to paint the picture black, and not that I'm trying to take away from what Brother Branham said, but I find that, as he said, what he found in the church is that a lot of people are too afraid. Sometimes it is really true. I find this among sometimes young people and even children who are so afraid that uh, they're not going to make it or afraid that uh, God's not going to do what he's promised to do or afraid if they see something or do something or witness something that all of a sudden that's going to take away all of the good and God would be displeased with them. There's a lot of people who live with those fears. Now, in Psalm 56, David said, Be merciful unto me, O God. He said, For man would swallow me up, and he fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Thou Most High. The natural thing for David to do is to cry out to God, because he's got many enemies. I read the scripture in the beginning. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. David also wrote that. And there are many, David said, that would fight against me. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. Say it with me. What time I am afraid, I will trust in Thee. When I am afraid... That's when I'm going to really put my trust in you. It's easy to trust God and say you trust God and sing one of them when everything is going well and all the ducks are in a row and your bank has got lots of zeros on the right side of the decimal point. But when I am afraid, then I will trust in thee. When things don't make sense, when things don't go right, when everybody doesn't agree, when we're criticized and when we're opposed and when we're, uh, when we're railed against. He says, what time I am afraid. He's got Saul chasing him around the country. He's got a promise that he's going to be the next king. But he's got everything shaped against him. Everything forged against him is preventing him from taking the throne. He can't even go back to his house. He's got to live in a cave. He's got to live in the roof of the cave. He's got to live out in uh, the, Philist- the land of the Philistines. He's, nothing is ordinary. Nothing is nice. Nothing's going well for David. But he's got a promise. And he says, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And in God I will praise his word. Uh, in God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. My hope is in God. My trust is in him. He's made promises. I believe he can bring it to pass. But I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't know how this is going to come out. And you know what? We all say that from time to time. Is that alright? We all say that from time to time. Sometimes we don't know what the outcome's going to be. We don't know what's going to happen as a result of this certain situation or this sickness or this problem at home or whatever else. We don't always know. Right? And, and, and there are things that we can look at. Because we don't know the future, everything is up in the air. And when we get that way, you know, I'll tell you what, it keeps a person off balance. Now take your Bible for a minute and let's go to Second Chronicles. Because sometimes these things are best understood when we look at examples. Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm I'm doing that because I want another I'm going to another place in, in the book of Chronicles here. You remember when uh, Jehoshaphat was king, minding his own business? doing what was right, and all of a sudden the enemy came up against him, those from Syria. And it says in verse 2 of Second Chronicles, Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There come a great multitude against thee from beyond the seaside, Syria. And behold, they be in Hazan Tamor, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. The feeling of fear is not new or unique to people who live in 2020. The feeling of fear has gone on every time the enemy attacks, every time the enemy pursues, any time the enemy comes out in the open. Let me tell you, uh, there's there's an uncertainty about that because uh, we know Satan can make things pretty rough. And so the Bible says that Jehoshaphat feared. His response was that I want to uh, I, I wanna, I wanna do the right thing, but I will tell you something. Uh, we're going to need God to move on the scene in order for something good to happen. And he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So it wasn't just Judah and his camp, but all the region came together. And they prayed and they uh, they, they, they sought God together. And they laid down their differences and they laid down their doctrinal disputes. And they laid down uh, all their differences and they just began to pray and seek God. And and when they did and they waited on God, there was a prophet that rose up and answered the, 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 the question, and gave them direction as to what they should do. And it says in verse 15, And he said, Hearken unto you all these, Judah, this is Jehaziel the prophet, and he came and he said, do not, in the middle of the verse, he said, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. So in other words, there's going to be a battle, yes. And there's going to be a uh, confrontation, Yes. But you don't need to worry about it because I've already got it taken care of. I I already know the outcome of the battles even before they take place. Just like I know what's going to happen to you and Sarah even before you guys have a child. I know there's going to be an outcome and I've already made decisions about that. Well, I've already made decisions about the battle too. And as a matter of fact, when it comes to battles, God gets excited and He actually went ahead of the people who were going to fight in the battle and He fought and destroyed all the enemy and when when the soldiers got there, they looked up over the ridge and they saw all the soldiers dead in the valley and God God, He must have looked at it apologetically and just said I'm sorry I just got excited I just can't stand it when people attack my people I just can't stand it when the enemy comes against my children and so if you don't mind I just slaughtered them all and they're all dead so you really don't deem to do anything but you can just gather the spoils and go back home and so within a matter of a very short period of time God's turned this thing around because number one he's their shield And they're doing the right thing. They're seeking God. And they're, they're praying to God in a sincere way. Now, Brother Manum says that it's just as easy to live a Christian life as it is to live any life because you're in Christ and just so full of the Holy Spirit. He leads you, guides you, and directs you. He says, and why? Sure, you'll make mistakes and fall. But you can't stay down because no more than you can make a stalk of corn, a sycamore tree, you can't do that. How many would agree that every one of us are capable of making mistakes? Sometimes we say the wrong thing. Sometimes we don't say anything. Sometimes we uh, think wrong things. Sometimes we get influence in different ways. And it even takes years sometimes for you to realize that that was a mistake, that that was not a good thing. And we find over, I find over time in my years as I think back, and I'm thinking back not just over this year, but think ba- I think back over many years, and I think, wow, there's some things that... Uh, that that really didn't work out good. There are some things you did that did work out good, but there are some things that you didn't, that you thought faithfully and sincerely, they were the right thing back then. And it's always better, the bottom line is, it's always better to follow the leading of the Lord and take time to find that. Not always an easy thing, but it's always better to find the leading of the Lord, because when you look back and you find out the things that did work good, they were the things that really were inspired by God. Standing in the gap. But see, even great St. Paul got between two straights one time, and many times God did things or let his servants do it that was mistakes in order to prove these things and know, he says, now we know that human beings can make mistakes, but God doesn't make mistakes. All of us are capable of, of, of making mistakes. Every one of us are. And let me tell you something. He says in this little phrase back here, a, a, a real believer when they fall, a real believer when they trip up, he says they're going to get back on their feet there because it's not, it's, it's not just uh, personal discipline. There's something in them that's driving them to a better outcome than the one they just experienced. There's something in them that's taking them on to the prize that's not going to let them satisfy for second place back here. They're going to continue and move on all the way. Many times, many times, isn't it true, we fight an enemy that isn't even there. Sometimes it's just in our own mind. I was listening to a guy who was telling a testimony, and he said that he woke up one night. It was like about one o'clock in the morning, and he woke up with a start. He heard these alarms going off, and, and uh, he, he, he and his wife they had uh, alarms in their house, and so he heard these alarms going off, and he just ju- jumped out of bed and took his baseball bat. We all have one, right? Took his baseball bat and got it out from underneath the bed, and he's going down the stairway, and he's just about ready to swing that bat at the first thing that moves. And he gets to the bottom of the stairs and turns the light on, and he, re- he sees a wire hanging down uh, in front of him. And he, re- he checks, and he realizes he left his earphones in and fell asleep on the pillow. And when he did, which is connected to his phone, and when he did, an amber alert sounded. An amber alert went off. And so in his ears, you know how the sound of an amber alert is on your phone. It's really loud. And it was in his earplugs and he was sound asleep. And so the alarm went off and he just assumed that that was the uh, the, the house alarm. And uh, somebody had broken in. He made conclusions about something. Or in other words, he's going to fight an enemy that wasn't even there. Many times there <laughs> there's a lot of energy spent on fighting enemies that aren't there. I got to tell you my own. The other night we were laying in bed and uh, I, I was sound asleep. It was about, must have been twelve thirty, one 1 o'clock, somewhere close to then. And uh, I, I, was, I was awakened by the sound of our air raid signal. And the air raid signal in our little community is the signal to get the first responders and the firemen to the station. And so nobody is awake at that particular time. Nobody normal is awake. So they had to send the air raid siren. And I said to my wife, wow, there must be a fire or something going on. I said, you know, the the air raid sirens on, it was blasting away. and So I didn't think any more of it. I was just trying to listen and see if Lucas was going to go, but I didn't think any more of it. And so I just laid my head this way, and then a little while I turned my head this way, and this way was the window, and when I opened my eyes, just a crack, I saw the big red flashing lights, and it looked like they were right outside my window. Buddy, I came off that bed in a hurry because I knew that the firemen were out doing something and here they are right outside my window. And I went over, ran over to the window and looked and there was three or four big, the big fire trucks all parked right there in front of my house. Let me tell you, that's when you move quickly. That's when you, that's when you move pretty fast. And I just assumed... I couldn't smell any smoke, so I just assumed our house was not on fire. I opened up our bedroom door, and I couldn't smell any smoke, so I assumed correctly that our house was not on fire. And so then I thought, my shed, my tool shed. So I raced downstairs, and I'm getting ready to to go, and here I encounter Lucas. He's on the couch, sound asleep, and uh, he just, he just, he's sound asleep on the couch. And I said, Lucas, Lucas, the fire the fire truck and EMS are outside the door. And he jumps up and he goes out and he looks on his, he's got a system on his phone and so forth. And he looks at it and he says, ah, gas leak. I said, where? He said, the neighbors. At least it was the neighbors. But they happened to park in front of our house because it was a cul-de-sac. So they had room to turn around and park there. Afraid? Yes. Very afraid? Yes. Adrenaline running? Yes. takes a long time for that adrenaline to stop, stop pumping and, and calm down. It absolutely does. But I will tell you something, that many times we get afraid of things that don't even exist. Right? There's nothing wrong with our house at all, but I just made the assumption that it was. And... There are there are times when every one of us we make mistakes or we make assumptions we 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 guess at things and you know what it, it, that isn't the problem at all the problem can be something entirely different. But God in His graciousness you know I find that uh, He He's He's patient with us sometimes He'll do things to get our attention and sometimes He'll do us, do things to give us a wake up call because we need to adjust something in our life and many times it is a shock that God needs to give us how many can say Amen. We've all experienced things like that. Now, here's Brother Branham in the infallible word of God. He's talking to somebody in the audience and he said, If the audience can still hear my voice, and this is when he's really anointed and moving in and out of that dimension, he said, I see the woman moving away. She's very nervous, she's extremely upset, and her nervous her nervous is a nervousness of fear. And she's scared, and they can find out. Even the doctors uh, what causes it she has a problem. Nobody can figure out what it is and this very day She's been somewhere for this and that would be a hospital and she goes into the hospital She's having x-rays taken the x-rays is of her spine and her legs So the doctor is trying to find out what is wrong with the woman that is truth thus saith the lord imagine how she must feel She has nowhere to turn right doctor doesn't have an answer and they're just They're just x-raying different things and trying to figure out what's wrong with her doesn't doesn't have any idea So here's Brother Branham now, he's looking at her. Now whatever was told you was the truth, wasn't it? What I just said. And if it is, raise your hand. And Jesus raised from has risen from the dead. And the last words he said when he ascended, that these signs shall follow them that believe. And if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Still true. And there's something here that knows you. There's something here that knows you. And I can tell you now where your trouble is. It's a spasm in the nerves. That's exactly right. But he said, you feel relieved now, don't you? For you're healed and your faith has made you well. Amen. He says, go on your road. And everybody said... He's, st- he's still a healer, the same as He ever was. But let me tell you, Brother Manum introduced to us, Brother Manum unveiled to us, a God who knows exactly where we are and can see the fear we feel and the, the, uh, you know, the frustration that we have when there are no answers for problems that we face. Every day, she's got to deal with this. If she's got spasms, every day, something probably triggers that in her and she's miserable with it. Enough to go to the hospital one, one day and that same night, go to a church and, and seek God for the answer there but he said hey you've come to a place where something knows you right here on the platform and your your suffering has ended now he's become your shield he's become your healer he's become your deliverer and now you have that problem no more he says go on your way go on your road your faith has made you well that may not seem like somebody who has a lot of faith if there's concerned as what they are but let me tell you God is looking at the heart of that woman who can hear what's said and in agreement to it, she can just say like Abraham did, I believe God. If that's what God says, and that's what God... Hey, He's told me the truth. He's told me what I did today. And Brother Brandon wasn't with me and he knows exactly what went on. If that's true, he says, then that must be of God. And if that's of God, I believe that. And God must have saw that, deposited that into her account and that, that sickness is gone from her. That's the God we serve, folks. That's the same God that we serve today. The biggest trouble there is today in the church is a bunch of fear. Now let's take a look at this again a little bit further. Acts 28, here's a second example. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. So remember now, when the enemy comes in like a flood, our natural response as human beings is to be afraid of something or be reserved about something. But here's, here's an example now of someone who should have been afraid. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. Remember, they're there on the island now because of the storm. It's washed them all up on shore. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Bible says he just went on his way and did what he needed to do. Here's what Brother Branham said initially. He threw some wood down. Great deadly serpent bit him through the hand so deadly they usually dropped dead within a minute or two. And the native said, look, his chain's on him. He's a prisoner, must be a murderer, might escape the storm. But he said he's not going to escape the serpent. He's going to die. Now these folks are experienced, right? They knew what it was like to get bit by one of these or heard stories. Now Paul looked and seen it. And there was not a speck of fear. They take up serpents and it will not harm them. He looked at the deadly bite. No fear. If you fear, and Satan steps in. Satan is fear. Satan's fear. How many believe that fear comes from, not the Holy Spirit, but it comes from Satan? Perfect love casts out all fear. I'm God's man. He said, there hangs the serpent, but there's not one speck of fear here, here. Or there. I'm God's man. What's he basing that on now? Not pride. Well, watch what the Scripture says in the previous chapter. We read out of Acts 28. Go back one chapter and here's Paul in the middle of the storm on the sea and when he's out there bouncing around and they're casting things off the ship because they're afraid they're going to die. Paul is waiting on God. The angel comes to him and speaks to him and says, but after long abstinence Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, sirs, Ye should have hearkened unto me, and have, loose, have not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. They're in, still in the middle of the storm. He says, be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night, the angel of God, Whose I am, and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, there must be brought before sea, C- thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sir- st- sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be, even as it was told unto me. Go into the next chapter, and here's, oh, sorry, into the previous chapter here, into the previous chapter, Acts chapter 27, and that's why, sorry, Into this chapter 28, and that's why when Paul picked up the bundle of sticks there and the serpent jumps on him, he's not afraid. Why? Not because Paul feels he's special, not because he's stronger than somebody else, but he's got a word that promises him he's going to stand before Caesar. So he knows one way or the other, I'm going to get there. And even if I die because of that snake bite, God's going to have to raise me up. And bring me into Rome, because he's made a promise to an angel, and one thing is true about God, he does a lot of things, but one thing he does not do, and that is lie. Somebody say amen. He doesn't lie. When God makes a promise, it's true. And that's why we call them compound redemptive names because he's a deliverer, and he's one who's able to shield Paul from uh, the enemy right here, shielded him from the uh, effects of the storm, shielded him from the viper that's there. He's a shield for Paul, because he's made a promise to Paul, you're going to stand somewhere else in Rome here, and you're not going to die on the way. And if you do die, you're going to come back up. Uh, no problem, you're going to come back up alive, because I am the resurrection and the life. How many believe that? in the same way that David could run out on the field against Goliath, he knew, because God had promised him through a prophet, Samuel, that he would be the next king of Israel, that even if David went down at the hand of Goliath, God would have to raise him up, because God doesn't make promises through prophets that fall on the ground flat and are not fulfilled. They're going to come to pass exactly as God has said. And if that's true, Brother Branham also said on page 44, proving his word, and many, many other places, he said that there will be a bride. And that bride, her body will be changed and taken off into glory and have her place at the wedding supper. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter what happens between here and then. If I'm a member of that bride, I'm going to be there. And that's the way we ought to approach the promises of God and the Word of God. And He remains your shield because He has made certain promises about you. And that's why Paul said, hey, be of good cheer. Relax, boys. It's going to happen. This is going to come to pass exactly the way that God said. Brother Bram said, you got the Holy Ghost that's operating in your body. Well, when that snake grabbed a hold of Paul's hand, it was not a bit of scare. He looked at it, shook it off, went on, got some more sticks, didn't scare him. Jesus said, why did you fear? Peter come walking on the water, doing fine, until he seen the waves were contrary. Then he got scared, and he began to sink. Jesus came and picked him up. Why did you fear, O ye of little faith? Fear. You're scared. It won't happen. He said, don't have one bit of fear, but move forward. God said so. That settles it. The thing to do is to move forward and to press on. Because we know what we have been given Even if we don't exercise it a whole lot, I believe the time will come when we'll exercise more of it. But I believe that God's given us great and precious promises, and I believe He's given us more power than we are even sometimes, uh, we are, we are, uh, daresent to use that power that God's given to us. And it's the exercise of faith that really makes a difference. Now let me give you a little example. I, I may have told you this years ago, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm Canadian, you know, and I, I as you know, and I, I love to drive in the cold weather, icy weather, snowy weather. As soon as the snow falls, uh, like it did on Christmas Day this last year, my wife knows it's only going to be a matter of time. She can set her clock until I'm gone, as I just, I just enjoy it. I like getting out in the snow, and driving, and ice, and all of that. Ice storms, especially, is it's really challenging. So, several years ago, when I was living in Ohio, I got called on by one of one of the brothers. I knew that his his aunt had a son who had died. He was a, a drunkard fellow and lived under a bridge for most of his life, had lots of opportunities, but uh, he's just a sad fellow, and, and he died. Didn't have a church preacher and so forth. So my, my buddy called me up and said, hey, do you mind doing a funeral? Uh, he said, it's in West Virginia, in the hills of West Virginia, would you mind doing it? And I said, sure. No problem at all. Glad to do it. So I said, when is it? And he said, it's on like Thursday. And I said, wow, I'm supposed to fly to... Uh, uh, Arizona on, uh, Friday, I believe it was. But I said, I think I, I think we can, we can do it. What time is the funeral? Well, one o'clock. Great. So I go down. I took one of the boys. I don't remember who I took, but it was somebody in the truck with me. And I took, uh, took off down the road that morning and w- all of a sudden we had had an ice storm overnight. So it made things more complicated. Uh, everything was moving slow. So I'm heading down a country road and, uh, I'm doing the speed limit. You know, and and uh, racing down, and traf- traffic's moving really slow, and uh, the ice is still forming, snow is still falling, and uh, this is coming out of Ohio, and uh, so I cross over into West Virginia, and I, I get I get down, just barreling down the highway, not afraid. Hey, I'm a Canadian, right? Canadians, they just 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 kind of this, just this, you know, it's like when somebody pulls out the frying pan, and starts frying food, right? Southerners come alive. It's like, whoa. So for, for me, when, when the snow's on, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm there, right? And so I'm, I'm going down the roadway and then all of a sudden there's a roadblock in front of me, a police roadblock. It's three or four sheriff's, uh, vehicles there and they're all parked jamming the road. So I slow down and come to a stop and I roll down my window and like you ask the policeman the foolish questions, you know, sir, why did you stop me? But I, I, I say, I said, is this a roadblock? And I said, the guy says, yes. An old sheriff, and he runs up to the uh, my side of my truck, huffing and puffing, and uh, he, he he says, yeah, it's a roadblock. I said, I've never been in a roadblock. And uh, I said, what, what's the roadblock for? He said, you. I said, me? He said, yeah, you. And I said, why would you have a roadblock to stop me? And he said, because of the way you're driving on the ice. And I said, was I going too fast? And he said, no, you were going around the speed limit, but he said, it's icy conditions. And I said to him, but I'm Canadian. And the three rules you learn about driving in the ice is that you don't tailgate somebody, you don't accelerate going into the turn, and I said, you always drive with a full tank of gas. And I said, I said I, I'm, just, I'm just doing what's natural. And, number two... I got a funeral to go to down here and I gotta get there because I gotta get home and jump on a plane. I gotta go to Columbus, Ohio and get on a plane and go to Arizona. And he looks at me just shaking his head. My point is simply this. They didn't give me a ticket. They they dismantled a roadblock and, you know, took all the uh, machine guns and put it back in in their vehicles and so forth and let me go uh, because I wasn't doing anything wrong. They just, they just uh, thought I was being uh, reckless, I, I guess, because I was driving fast on the road. But then they realized, okay, he knows what he's doing. And so they let me go. There was no problem. Believe me, there was no problem. And uh, so they, they let me go. The point is, is this, is that in a situation where everybody else might not feel good, you should take the resources God's given to you and press on. Don't hold back because the world is holding back. What we need to do is press on. If, if we, hey, we know where, we know where the bride's supposed to be going. We know where the world's going too, but we know where the bride's going. So hey, let's use our faith. Let's use our, our uh, the message. Let's use the scripture. Let's use our, our, our fellowship. Let's use everything we know and use all those resources to press on. Let's not hold back. We don't wanna we don't wanna violate God's principles, but we wanna press on. Because hey, listen, the sooner we all get there, the sooner we'll all be translated and get out of here. Just because everybody else is slowed down and they, they're reserved or they're afraid or they're operating by a different leadership and they got a different different inspiration and they got all of that let me tell you that's not for us we're born different right we got a different nationality we're the people of god we are the children of god we we do not operate by fear we operate by faith and we realize all right god's given me the the ability to operate in this circumstance i should go ahead and operate I should go ahead and function uh, the way that God's trained me. Over these years that you've been in the message, over the years you've been in the church, God's trained you, and God's molded you, and shaped you, and given you uh, resources. He's given you boldness. He's given you faith. He's given you insight. He's given you inspiration to move forward, to, to make changes, to go here, do here, uh, do this, do that. And, and and I will tell you something, we... we Stand in a sense, we stand like Abraham when we actually do what God's told us to do. We actually are like Abraham when we say we believe what God has said even though the world may say something different. The doctors were telling Abraham and Google was telling Abraham and Sarah, you're not going to have a child. Ain't no way you're going to have a child. But Abraham was not listening to that. He was moving ahead with the resources God had given him and God had given him great faith to believe that whatever God said was going to come to pass and he didn't hold back. He pressed on. That's exactly what we should do. God's given us the resources and the inspiration of faith. Let me tell you, we should press saw it. Why else are we in the message? Why else has God given us the, the word that we've heard over and over and over again and the sermons and the church services and everything else that God's given to us? It's not just to fulfill an hour. It's not just so you can have a place to go to on a Wednesday night. It is because God wants you to flex your faith muscles and to press on towards the mark that He has already declared. He's made decisions about us already and He's revealed some of those decisions in His word. And let me tell you something, we should not be afraid of where God's taking us. We should not be afraid of where His leadership is inspiring us to go. We should not be, we should not be worried about, uh, you know, what lays ahead, because there are all, are all kinds of things that lay ahead. There are all kinds of things that lay ahead. But I've got a promise. In the same way that Paul's standing in the middle, he's standing on the deck on a boat in the middle of a storm, and he says, hey, be of good cheer. We're going to make it. Everyone's going to make it off this boat, except the boat. But we're all going to make it. Did it come to pass? Yes. And here's Paul on the island, bit by a snake. Did it bother him? No, it didn't. Because you know what? He's got a promise. He's got a destiny. God's already made decisions about Paul, and he just let Paul in on it by that angel while he was on the boat, right? So He's got no fear. Stuff's going to happen, folks. Things are, going to, things are going to take place. That ordinary common sense would tell you to be reserved and hold back. But for the people of God, no. You know what? We have decisions already made about us. We're going to be there. By God's grace, we're going to be there. Somebody ought to say amen. We're going to be there. It's going to happen. We're going to come to that place one way or another. Brother Branham says, he says, now with Peter and the boat, he says, fear. He says, you're scared it won't happen. Don't have one bit of fear. Move forward. God said so. That settles it. Will you make mistakes along the way? Probably. Have you made mistakes along the way so far? Yes. Probably make a few more along the way? Does that take away eternal life? It can't. It can't. It won't. That's been a that's been a recurring theme that we've been dealing with. It can't destroy eternal life because nothing can destroy eternal life because eternal life is of God. And therefore it cannot be destroyed. It cannot falter. It cannot fail. So Isaiah said in chapter 12, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Why don't we stand to our feet? For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. That's how the musicians come. Therefore, with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. I think that's worth reading again. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. And therefore, with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. I kind of think that that's a nice scripture to end on. I think that's a nice way to look forward to the new year. Because He is our salvation, we're going to trust in Him. We're not going to be afraid. Don't be afraid that you'll miss anything that God in His will has designed for you. If it's His will for you, He's going to bring it to pass. In the same way He told Abraham, "'Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward.'" You don't need to worry. I'm going to see you through. You're not going to fall short of anything at all, anything at all that I've made uh, promises concerning you about. Uh, Everything I've said about you, Abraham, it's going to come to pass. You're not going to fall short. That was not just for Abraham. That was not just for Paul, and it was not just for Brother Branham. That's for us in the last day, because we are that people now that God is speaking to. We are that people now that have that light that guides us every day. We are that people that have those promises. And if that's true, you're not going to fall short. Make mistakes? Yes. Fearful things ahead of us? Yes. Things that we can't explain? Absolutely. They're there. But a fear where we abandon the promises of God and a fear where we put our head in a hole in the ground or a fear where it paralyzes us so we don't do anything? No. Brother Ram said we can fall, but we get back up because it's in you to get back up. It's Christ in you is the strength you need. Trust Him. Trust Him. What are you playing, sister?
4: There is power in the name. There is power in the name. there is power. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. There Of Jesus, break every chain, break every chain, break every
5: chain. Let's bow our heads together. I'd like every one of you, if you don't mind, just to pray with me here. And just invite the Lord's presence around you and your family asking for His guidance, asking for His leadership through this new year. Heavenly Father, as we bow in Your presence, Lord, how great a thing it is for us to be able to call You our God and to be able to reach out to You, Lord, and believe that You hear us when we when we pray and when we speak to You. And Lord, I just want to say first, Lord, that I, I look back and over this year, Lord, and I, I see many mistakes, many weaknesses, many failures, Lord, and maybe perhaps times that i just was too uh, too tired or maybe Lord missed something along the way maybe offended somebody Father I just I ask forgiveness for those things Lord because I know that we're human but Lord I didn't know sometimes that we we give in to those things and Lord I I just want to say Lord that I I ask forgiveness for that Father I, I just now spiritually just bind my family together and pray lord that your grace and mercy would be extended to us that we may and we may by faith proceed into this new year as people lord who are full of expectation that we are people of vision we are people of insight we are people lord who have a great light in this last day we are people lord who have drawn water from the wells of salvation but lord we want to continue to draw with joy from those same wells throughout this new year wherever it is lord that this year takes us Lord, we, we know that you watch over your people in times of famine. When the world is starving for hearing of the word of the Lord, that Father, you will continue to supply and to inspire and minister to us out of the book, Lord. And I pray that this open book will become even greater. It will be illuminated in a greater way. Lord, it will grip the hearts of our young people and our children. Lord, it may forge in them a real love and a, a real passion for the things of God. And Lord, You might just take their hearts and mold them in a way, Lord, that maybe they've never realized, Lord, Your presence before in their lives. And realize, Lord, that they've been blessed to live in a home like they have, a believer's home where the token's applied, and it's the grace of God to them. Lord, may You just inspire that in their hearts. And just, Lord, I pray that You would use them for, their, for the glory of God. Use them for the kingdom. Use them, Lord, to speak to others. And Father, may You make us examples of the faith. We're not able to travel very far, Lord, away from our home. Make us an inspiration around our home, where we work and where we shop and where we live. Father, I just pray that you would just put words in our mouth at the right time. I pray, Lord, for your hand of protection. I pray that you would be our shield and our buckler. I pray you would help us up when we fall. I pray that you would forgive us when we make mistakes. I pray, dear God, that you would bless and inspire uh, things that happen in this church here. Lord, that You would just take complete control. Father, we would not be guided by our own inspiration or our own thoughts or our own uh, jealousies, Lord, but rather we would be inspired by the Holy Spirit and free to follow You. May the shackles of the enemy, Lord, be cast aside. and May the people of God be free to walk in the light. We love you, Lord. We ask your blessing upon this new year. We pray for those who are suffering. We pray for those that are needing a touch from you, Lord, that need that healing virtue to flow through their bodies. Lord, may you forgive them. May, Lord, anything that might hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. May, Lord, you just minister to their needs, I pray. Father, we think of Sister Greg just hanging on to life. And Lord, just in her state of mind and just in her physical state, Lord, to be just holding on like she is, I just pray You'd be merciful to her, Lord. Take away any discomfort and pain. Bless her abundantly, Lord, I pray. She's been a real soldier and a servant, Lord, of You for many years. Loved Your Word. Loved this message with all of her heart. I pray that You would deal mercifully with her. Father, we pray for Brother Roger and Different ones, Lord, that are laying on a hospital bed that we know. Father, may you just minister strength and peace to them. Have your way, Lord, we pray. We commit our hearts into your care now. And look to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank You, Jesus. Oh, come let us adore Him.
4: Oh, come let us Oh, come let us adore Him Oh, come let us Adore Him, Christ the Lord, for He alone is worthy, for He alone is worthy, for He alone Christ the Lord, and we'll give Him all the glory. without you, I could never, no, never make heaven my home. Once again now, oh, just let, let me walk with don't ever, ever leave me alone. For without me, I I can face tomorrow because He lives. All my fear is gone because I know yes I know He holds My future and life is worth the living just because He lives. One more time. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all my fear is gone, and because I know He holds my future and life. because and he lives. Lord, may we hold
5: our shield high and realize, Lord, that You are our defense. And Lord, You are the one that protects us, Lord, from so many things. Father, we pray that every young person here would be secure in their heart, knowing, Lord, that You're a God who forgives, a God who shows mercy, your God who wants us all to grow spiritually, grow in grace and in knowledge. Every way we pray. Bless our New Year family times and the friends we get together with, Lord. May just shine upon us. and, Father, may you just protect each one, those that are traveling, those that are, again, those that are sick and need your help, Lord. We commit them to you. Bless us now as we go our separate ways. In Jesus' lovely name we pray. I feel like going on. Let's sing that as we uh,
4: go tonight. May God bless you. I feel like going on. I feel like going on. So try. Like going on. Yes, I feel like going on. Oh I feel God bless your new year. I feel like...